0: to make things like this easier.
2: I'm reading.
0: And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together. Did I do good, daddy? <laughs> yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Hello and welcome to Homeschool Together Podcast. Today we'll be having an interview with a good friend of ours, Abby Card. Before we begin, just want to let you know to join us on Facebook on our Homeschool Together Facebook group and on Instagram at Homeschool Together Podcast. If you could leave us a review on iTunes, it really helps people find and get access to the podcast and, you know, help us meet new people. I thought the interview with Abby was great.
2: Yeah, I thought it was terrific. She's and a she's... really she's a really
0: good kind of like Wonder mom, you know?
2: Yeah, she is. I mean, you know, just in full disclosure, she has been a huge, was a huge source of encouragement before we started the podcast, yeah. and it's been really helpful to us. And she was, I well, was, well, she is, was, she I mean, is like our, she's like our mom mentor. Yeah. Yeah. Before we were married, we met uh, Abby and her husband, Mike, and uh, met them, and they had a small child, and she was pregnant with her second. And we saw the kind of parents we wanted to be. hmm and then as her kids got older and they start homeschooling, we're like, oh, yeah, that's the kind of older parents we want to be. That's kind of homeschool parents we want mm-hmm. to be. And so kind of at every stage of our lives, it was like, you know, that's that's who we want to be. So it's really fun now for it to come full circle and for us to get to interview her and ask her these questions, which we know some of the history, but not in depth. I learned, I learned an incredible amount. Yeah,
0: actually, you know, a lot of the questions we were asking were like, okay, you know, we, we don't really... Get into those type of weed questions. Right, we didn't there, get into the details tend to have like fun, that just normally. Play games and talk and stuff, but getting into the weeds of like kind of the minutiae of their homeschooling, there was some a lot of new stuff that I had never heard of.
2: Yeah, there was a lot of interesting information. I think that everyone homeschools for their own reasons, mm-hmm. but I see a lot of similarities in in what, what people get out of homeschooling and, and and the the joy that it creates. I think she said something to me uh, afterwards that. It, homeschooling has been one of the best things she's ever done in her life. And she just felt that she wanted that to come across to everyone. And I think that it really did. Yeah. Uh, I think that this was very helpful for, for other people. She she talks about some great, some great, interesting information about going in and out of public school. Yeah,
0: the in and out and in and out thing is, I think, really important. Maybe even for a lot of the listeners who are only going to do this for a short period of time. Right. Listening to her, you know, the struggles and the challenges that she had going in and out may help you, you know, get your mind right when you have to get into that type of mm-hmm. world. And, and a lot of the challenges she had and also how she was able to overcome a lot of those things and still find a meaningful homeschooling and uh, family experience that she wanted through the challenges of, you know, moving around a lot and and, and husband being out, out at work a lot, um, you know, traveling, doing things like that. It, it's really a nice little inspiring story that she was able to give to us.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she said that the greatest, the greatest moments in her life uh, have been the moments with her kids and that, you know, watching the revelations that they make every day through homeschooling, it was worth all the hard work. And that was just very, it was encouraging and inspiring to us. I think everyone finding, struggles sometimes. Yeah.
0: Finding meaning through the struggle. I think right. that's a, I think that's something that, you know, a lot of people need to, you know, they don't like to think about it in that sense, but I, I love that idea of, you know, struggling on something, you know, working through that, finding you know the the green pasture on the other side turning around and going even though that was tough I would do it again because it made me who I was
2: yeah and I remember when we were getting started homeschooling mm-hmm. you're really starting to 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 prepare to start doing something more formal with our daughter mm-hmm. I remember talking with Abby going like okay I'm about to start this and she was like this is the best thing you'll ever do with your life <laughs> this is an amazing thing and it's it's great to have that balm it's very it's very difficult sometimes and I think it's great to hear a story from someone who has Moved around to a bunch of states, gone in and out of public school, had some struggles. has a has a a a child on the spectrum, has some unique challenges Mm -hmm. that she needs to deal with. Is still finds so much joy. It's it's really heartening, Mm -hmm. and uh, I think that this is just great. This is, I don't know, this is a soothing soothing interview for me. I felt really uplifted when we finished it, and I'm so glad she had the chance to sit down with us. So we hope you enjoy it too.
0: Welcome to Homeschool Together. We have friend. Of the show, Abby Card, here together with us. Yeah. Thank you very much, Abby, for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So would you mind doing a little bit of a, a light bio (laughs) a light bio with some giggles
1: um sure yeah uh so I struggled a little bit with my light bio because we have spent the last 17 years moving around the United States so (laughs) I kind of tried to focus on where our homeschooling journey brought us so my husband was in the military whenever we got married and continued to be in the military for a few years. And then he was a private contractor. as an ocean engineer, um, which is how we got to meet you wonderful people. Um yeah. And now he works for NOAA, which similar to the military, they move you to different places and then you're stationed there for either two or three years. So in the 17 and a half years that we've been married, he has always been traveling. So we have three boys and our oldest is on the autistic spectrum. Um, And so with three kids and lots of moving and then the added element of the autistic spectrum, it really made sense for me to be a stay-at-home parent, and I have loved that. I was the person that was really primarily in charge of of the home and of educating of where we have lived, um, buying houses and all of that type of stuff.
0: Did the fact that um, your first was kind of on the spectrum, did that like pull you guys into homeschooling? Did you think you were going to homeschool from the beginning? Like, what was your thinking for you guys?
1: So, not exactly, actually. He was always really, really bright, but I didn't quite recognize it exactly. It's not It's not that I didn't recognize it. I just didn't realize the extent of how bright he was um, because I, I had studied education in college, uh, but I hadn't really been around a lot of little kids. So even though he was talking in full sentences at a year and doing math at 18 months and incredibly like, you know, precocious, Even though he was obviously really bright, I didn't realize how ahead of his same-aged peers he was Um, as a younger parent. I, you know, just, I just didn't. And I, I, of course, thought he was brilliant and perfect and amazing, but I also thought that that was just because I was a mom, and all moms think that about all of their kids. (laughs) um, you know, and I do think that about all of my kids. Um, but I didn't realize that academically he was considerably more advanced than other kids, his age. And I didn't realize that that was going to be difficult for him in school. What
0: were, what were the type of challenges he had at first? Was he just kind of bored? Was he, so he did you, did
2: you send him to preschool? Or?
1: He went to preschool, um, and he actually went to an incredible preschool in Bothell. He had an amazing set of teachers and an amazing classroom. It was a really positive experience for him. And they were actually the people that pushed him or pushed us, rather, to get him diagnosed. So we had started actually structured learning with him younger because he wanted it. Um, He loved to watch documentaries. He would read encyclopedias when he was three, like not the kid ones. And so we just... Thought it was cute we were like oh look how much he loves dinosaurs that's adorable <laughs> um but whenever he started preschool his teachers were like well I think it might be a good idea to get him tested uh so we did and that's when as part of his testing they did also um do an IQ test, and that was also more revelatory for me as far as what those differences might look like academically and how to juggle the fact that he was going to always have academics come a little bit easier, but maybe social things were always going to be a little bit more of a struggle for him.
0: When did you guys, when was the the beginning of your, when did you start homeschooling? Like for, you know, all the boys?
1: Really, before he went to preschool, he asked for a desk. And I don't know as I would call that specifically homeschooling, but he asked for a desk and he wanted to learn. And so he wanted me to teach him things. Um, So that was kind of the very first foray, but I wouldn't call that homeschooling. So uh, we started our homeschooling journey when he was in second grade.
0: So he was in public school before that. How was that transition or, you know, how did that go?
1: Yeah, so we, we did the transition from public school to homeschool was more of a relief for him. So initially, we had felt like that public school would be a better option for him because of the social component. So when he was diagnosed, there was a lot of, there were a lot of people that were saying things like, hey, you know, public school is going to be really important because he has to have that social component. And that was something that we struggled with, because the teachers were very clear from kindergarten that they couldn't teach him anything and that he would be literally just walking around in the classroom. When we moved from the Seattle area to the Bellingham area, we transitioned the kids to private school. Um, And we loved the private school, but the cost was prohibitive. And so with three kiddos, we decided to transition to homeschool. Um, We found the parent partnership program it was still a beta program at that time, we absolutely fell in love. The things that were problematic for us with public school, really for all of the kids, but it was most stark with with my oldest child, is that because it's for a whole group, whenever one kid is Running particularly ahead academically, or I'm sure it works the same way if they're, you know, struggling, it can be really hard for them to stay engaged with the classroom as a whole. And when you've got, you know, six hours a day that you're spending learning things that, you know, especially in kindergarten and first grade and second grade, those early years, it's a lot of rote learning. And he started reading when he was two and he was already doing, you know, um, making up his own equations with multiplication and division whenever he was in kindergarten that were took up a whole page and and things like that. So he was really struggling with honestly just sort of being in the classroom. And not doing much. And a lot of his teachers worked really hard to try to engage him. But they had, you know, 20, 25 other kids that did still need to learn their colors and their numbers. And even whenever there were holes in his education, um, because if there if he wasn't particularly interested in something... He really didn't have a drive to learn it.
0: Did the parent partnership, was that a better fit for him?
1: It was a perfect fit for him, honestly. It was a perfect fit for all of our kids. All of our kids loved it. And what made it so perfect for our family was that we could do the kind of more academically rigorous stuff that he wanted to be ahead on. The math and the science and the language arts, we could do that at home. And then he could take drama or art with parent partnership, and he would get to have that kind of classroom setting where it was a small classroom. So how they did it in Bellingham, where we were at the time, was the classrooms were usually about 10 or 12 kids with one teacher. I don't know if it's still that way now. It was a very small environment, so it had kind of a private school feel almost, and then we could do the rest at home. So he got a really great mix of both.
2: Did the other boys start out in public, or did they did they start right into the parent partnership?
1: So when the oldest was in second grade, our middle kiddo was going into kindergarten, and we transitioned them together because the. The public school that they were in directly before we transitioned didn't allow for a lot of like recess and stuff like that. So even though our middle son is neurotypical, it was really hard for him in kindergarten to be sitting all day. And that school had a a very strong desk policy where they were supposed to be sitting unless they were at recess. And the recess they had, they only had two recesses, so it was it was a real struggle for him as an active kindergartner.
0: So, uh, what type of curriculums did you? You know, we just we've just gone through a long curriculum series where we talked a lot about a a bunch of secular curriculums that are more on the digital side. I know I noticed from pictures on Facebook that you you'd use more like the box curriculums. Did you use? Any specific curriculums? Do you remember back then what you were using?
1: I think we've used a little bit of every curriculum. Okay. Um, to answer your other question earlier, my youngest also started out in public school.
0: Okay. Mm. Okay.
1: Um, to answer this question, we have used so many different curriculums, and I would say that the most helpful thing for our family in homeschooling has been to be flexible about your curriculum. And if it's not working, don't use it. Mm-hmm. It's not worth the stress and the heartache. There are so many ways to learn information. You know, if, if a curriculum is just not working for our kids, we switch it up.
2: Did you find that, uh, that, your, that your boys all kind of gravitated towards the same types of curriculum when they were at the same ages? Or did they, did they even, as all at you know, the second or third grade level, have different diverging uh, curriculum that works best for them at that age?
1: You know, I think that they're surprisingly different in some ways and surprisingly similar in others. They all really liked Saxon math. It moves quickly. They're all really good at math and they like the, they like different things about it. Interestingly, my youngest loves the scripted, Saxon has these scripted lessons. And honestly, I never did that with the older two. They did not have time for that. They were like, I want to learn the meat of the math and I want to do the worksheet in five minutes and then I want to be done and I want to race through it and like just prove how fast I can do it. <laughs> and the youngest is like, I want to have the conversation. I want to play <laughs> with the coin cup and, oh, mommy, you forgot the problem of the day. <laughs> <laughs> So,
0: yeah, it's um, pretty cute. You know, you, you, you a lot of the listeners that listen to the podcast, we call them accidental homeschoolers they're, or they're, they're young homeschoolers, like kind of like us. What were s- some of the fears and concerns you had when you started homeschooling? Were there any, did you, were you afraid that you weren't going to do the right thing? You, there, we see a lot of comments along the lines of, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do all the right stuff that I need to do or hit the right standards that I need to hit. Did you have those type of concerns? And if you did, how did you overcome them?
1: Oh, yeah, I definitely had all of those concerns. I think it was a little easier going through the parent partnership program. Okay. And I'm not certain how brave I would have felt if I wasn't in the parent partnership program.
0: Okay. Um, that really nice, helped. Was it me. a nice guide? Did you did you did a lot of the teachers helped you guys out and stuff?
1: Actually, we didn't end up needing we we kind of lucked out and had really easygoing teachers and mm-hmm. they were like, "Yeah, you're doing a great job." And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, okay." Um and we didn't really end up needing any sort of assistance. I think I felt a little bit more confident with the academic stuff because as much as I would like to take credit for how well my kids have done in private school and homeschool and public school in and out of various systems. The truth is, they really like to learn. And so it's something that they seek out. Uh, So it's they've made my job incredibly easy.
2: So you're talking about going in and out. So not only have you gone from public into homeschool, but back into public. Can you tell us what was that what was that experience like for for your for your different children and what were the biggest struggles returning to the public school system there's a lot of our listeners who are probably going to go back to to public school next year or maybe not but maybe will and I know we're very concerned about how that reentry process is
1: we had a few different transitions right so we initially had the transition of going from public school to parent partnership which was not a terribly difficult transition we had to learn how to kind of de-stress a little bit and uh, not be quite so focused on the same things, kind of relax and learn how to have a little bit more fun with stuff. And we actually went from that system to Texas homeschooling, which uh, in Austin, which as you guys talked about on one of your earlier podcasts (laughs) is really lax And I will say that homeschooling in Austin was maybe the most fun any of us have ever had it. Mm -hmm. They have hundreds and like thousands of homeschool families in that area. And it is, there's so many co-ops and clubs and, you know, destination imagination. And we had one of our science clubs. One of the parent teachers was a astronaut, Um, so like, it was just, there was a lot of fun to be had there. We went from the super fun, super rigorous, you know, active every day, clubs, every day, co-ops, every day, Austin lifestyle to rural Oregon coast in (laughs) public school. (laughs) And that, that was a transition. Um, okay. for the kids. Uh, it was going back into public school from that was difficult. And I think part of it was because we were going from, that was straight homeschool. So a lot of people don't really consider parent partnerships or um, online charter schools to be mm-hmm. homeschool.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, they consider it like Public school at home, which I think it can be, but it doesn't have to be. And we certainly didn't do it that way uh, with the parent partnership program that we were able to do um, in Bellingham. But the moving from homeschool into public school, especially a very traditional public school in in like I said, a more rural community. Was a little bit tougher for the kids. Um, And I think that part of it is because there were different states. Every state, like you guys talked about before, has wildly different standards. Mm -hmm. And every state thinks their system is the best system. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and that their standards are the best, and they think that, you know, they don't really trust whatever you've come from.
0: Was there some resistance from the public schools to accept the boys, or did yes, they make you do? Absolutely. Did, did yeah. they make you do some testing to get good? Oh, into yeah. Yeah. Okay. So
1: everybody wanted to do their own tests. And actually, even when we moved schools in Oregon, on the Oregon coast, they mm-hmm. still had to retest the kids even though it's the same testing hmm. the new public school when we had to move public schools they still had to retest the kids
0: do you do you know do you know if if Oregon is a a, a heavy restriction homeschooling state or is it a more on the lighter side do you know
1: i think it's kind of in between it's not like um like new york or something like that okay yeah um It's I think that
0: because I didn't know if like the testing was part of like the mentality of the state not really welcoming or being as welcoming to homeschoolers. I didn't know if that was part of it.
1: I don't think it's that they're unwelcoming to homeschoolers. Exactly. I think it's more that they certainly didn't trust my assessment of the kids and they didn't want. To see any records from homeschooling, certainly, um, they said that those did not matter, and they wanted to do entry level testing as if my children had never been to school in their lives.
0: Hmm. Wow.
2: What was it? What was it like for the boys from this? You know, kind of radical, very free homeschooling to. Having to you know go to each of their classes, sit down all day at their desks, I mean was that was it difficult for them to even kind of get into that mentality of of the expectations of school?
1: I think that like I said, the biggest thing that they struggled with was feeling judged by the parts of the testing process and the way some of the teachers interacted with them okay. was um would they would ask them things like. Honey, do you know how to read? It's like my 4th grader who yeah. had at that time been reading since he was 2 and or things like that. That was kind of hard for them. At the same time, I understand that they probably see kids that come in and are behind and so, you know, I always try not to judge like where they're coming from. But that part was hard for the kids, all of that testing and stuff. Um, as far as the transition of the classroom style, there was a little bit of a transition there as well. For example, like, I mean, when you move from public school to homeschool, you have to kind of relax and de-stress. And when you move from homeschool to public school, all of a sudden you have to take in 25 other people's schedule back into account and what they're learning about so you know my kids struggled with being like well i don't want to learn long division i've already learned long division Uh Uh well the class is learning long division so you have to do long division well can't i just take a test and show you that i know long division and then i can move on to something more interesting (laughs) and it's like no you can't and they struggled a little bit with that well why can't i Why can't I just learn at my own level?
0: Was there any struggle around like the homework, um, you know, doing things that are performance based like that or um, taking tests? Was there any concern around that?
1: Yeah. So I will say that I am apparently a much meaner homeschool mom than the (laughs) Oregon public school teachers (laughs) because they did a lot more work with me than they did in public school. Um, Actually, I remember about halfway through one of the school years, my middle said, Mom, it's really kind of nice because public school so easy. You don't have <laughs> to do anything. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm sure his teachers would probably argue a little bit with that. And all of the kids have had really amazing, fantastic teachers. So I want to make sure I put that out there. They're <laughs> super awesome people. Um, but... Yeah, I think that because a public school is trying to to do so much with so many different learning levels, mm-hmm. you end up with these a little bit more uniform lessons. And then also, you know, they're trying not to overwhelm kids that might not have support at home. Yeah. So especially here in Oregon, they do not do homework for the kids. Oh. Like even, even through middle school, the kids didn't have homework because they don't want to put kids that might not have access to help at home um, in a situation where they aren't getting the same education as other kids.
0: Interesting. Mm. What was your decision now? I mean, now in the, in the, in the story that we've been going through, now they're in public school, but now they're out of public school back homeschooling again. What was your decision process around that? of going there and then coming back again.
1: So honestly, when we started like really homeschooling in Austin, we didn't have any intention to ever go back to public school. It wasn't until we moved to Oregon and realized there wasn't a large homeschool community on the coast um that we reconsidered public school because yeah. um I, I'm a really introverted person. And so the large groups were a little bit more helpful to me because they're already formed. I could join a co-op or I could join the science club and, you know, I could get the kids involved and they got tons of socialization. Um, But in these very small, tight knit communities where people have known each other forever, And I'm just sort of moving in and I'm going to be here for a few years. And then in all likelihood, uh, we'll be asked to move to a new community. Mm -hmm. I, I wasn't sure how to even, even in searches and trying to talk to people that I met, I just kept hearing over and over, yeah, there's not really a very big homeschool community here. I don't know of any homeschoolers or, you know, I met a homeschooler once. (laughs) Um, And so for us, part of what the kids loved about homeschooling is that they do love to learn. So they would work really hard on whatever their academic goals were. And then we would usually spend the afternoons hiking again, with co-ops or groups or clubs. So without that social piece there, none of us really felt like it was as workable. Um, And the kids were really not excited about just homeschooling at home.
0: Yeah, they like the interaction. They like getting out there and hanging out with other kids and stuff. That's kind of what they like.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And so if you, and if you asked them, they would tell you that they like public school also. And it's because they feel like it's easy and it's independent and it's fun. Uh, They get to see their friends every day. That's, that's what they think of school as, as more of a social thing.
2: What made you decide to go back to homeschool this year with, with COVID?
1: Our school, our public school stopped in March of last year with in-person learning and they went to distance learning. And honestly, the online component last year was pretty minimal. It was still really overwhelming for them.
0: Okay. They, so, they, they just couldn't get into the, you know, the Zoom school type of idea or on the web, yeah. web based okay. No
1: they none of them liked the Zoom learning and um especially my younger two just felt very overwhelmed with uh being on the computer. And so actually towards the early part of the summer, really in June, I you know, as I was watching what our country was going through, I I kept thinking, you know, I just, I don't see how this is going to turn around in time. Hmm. And so we applied for an an online charter school that had a homeschool option.
2: Hmm. So is that, is that something that's for the state of Oregon or how did you this find the online is, charter? Okay.
1: Yeah. This one is for... The state of Oregon. And I liked that if you were in eighth grade or below, you could have just book curriculum, homeschool book curriculum. And actually this charter school, that's what they want you to do. They want you to choose a box curriculum. And so that was our first experience with box curriculum. And it's actually been pretty fun.
0: Okay. Do you I know which ones yeah. are you using?
1: We are using Moving Beyond the Page and Timberdoodle.
0: Okay. Do um what do you have like an early review so far on this since you're new to it?
1: So my youngest is doing Timberdoodle. And and what and grade is he in? He's in 3rd. And I think that it is a really cute curriculum. It's got lots of fun stuff. Um lots of fun activities. I don't love the amount of workbook work that it has, but I think that for some parents that might be helpful because they, you know, can point to this is going to be my writing lesson. And so this is what we're going to do. And this is going to be, you know, my reading lesson. So this is what we're going to do. And so I think that that could be really helpful if you were just starting out. I would have loved it when I was just starting out with the older boys. It would have been, I think, really helpful and then the moving beyond the page is probably my favorite curriculum that I have ever used in all of the years of homeschooling. It's it's what we're going to transition our youngest to and probably just move him into full homeschooling in the future using that
2: program. What is it about moving on the page moving beyond the page that's really resonated with you?
1: Well, I like that it has, it basically has three different lessons for older kids that they have to do each day for younger kids. um, And I want to say it's like fourth grade and below, I think is what they consider younger kids is two lessons a day, but that change might from two lessons to three might be in fifth grade. I'm not sure. I like that their science, history, and literature are all interconnected. So for literature, they'll read a book. So my middle son is doing the um, 12 to 14 program. So for one of his lessons, he's going to read the book Animal Farm Mm -hmm. while he learns about like the constitution and government in the United States. And while he learns about, uh, I think the science lesson with that one doesn't go quite as well. It's I think like chemistry or something like that, but, but some of them flow really well, especially for the younger kids. But I just like that it's interconnected. I like that all of the things kind of make sense together. It sort of is a multidimensional approach to learning a subject.
2: So is it all based around that that one central book that he would be reading at that time then?
1: there's It's a heavy reading program, which all of my kids love to read. So that would work for us. If your kid's not a reader, I doubt they would like this program because, yeah, there's a ton of different books. So they have accompanying workbooks that sort of have a lesson as they're reading various books. But yeah, there's, there's several different books that are either novels or, you know, history books that go with
2: it. And so then the science and, and, and is math included in that too, or is it, is that a separate program? No
1: math is separate. And so there'll be, but the science is included. It comes with a science kit um, and science
2: experiments. So, in in your homeschooling history, since your your three boys are are they all about three years apart, or so? So
1: the older two are two and a half years apart, and then the younger two are four years apart. So,
2: so did close, yeah. At what times did you decide to? You know, a lot of folks have multiple children, and they're they're concerned about how do I how do I teach three different curriculum or two different curriculum. What things do you typically, have you typically combined versus things that you've kept very separately just in order to, to serve all of the, all the kids?
1: Yeah. So I think that science and history in our family have always been pretty easy to combine. Um, They're both subjects that our kids are really interested in. And I think that they're easy to learn on different levels. Kids tend to, in my experience, naturally learn at their level. And if something goes over their head, they'll either ask about it, or kind of focus on what they are learning. So if we're having, you know, a discussion about chemistry, my, you know, with our ninth grader, then our kiddo that's doing his seventh eighth grade style program his middle school program since they have an age range then he'll you know pick up on a lot more than the eight-year-old will Hmm. but the eight-year-old will pick up on really quite a bit okay so i mean we just kind of we've always just done things as a family Mm -hmm. and some things are separate Um, like spelling, you know, everybody will do their own spelling. Mm -hmm. But it's really just about balance and discussion and open communication. I try to be really organized so that each kid has a plan. And if there's something that I know is going to be an overwhelming topic or something like that, then that's a great time for me to say, hey, to my eight-year-old, you're going to have Marble Monday. So go downstairs and play with Gravitrax for an hour while we talk about, you know, something that's a little too intense for you at the dining room table.
0: Okay. How do you handle teaching three boys at one time? Or has it, obviously you said sometimes you group things, but do you attack it? you know, all at one time, or do you split it up? How do you typically uh, address that?
1: We usually just sort of take turns. Honestly, my oldest kiddo is a very, like, self-paced learner. He is very good at he wants to learn things. Mm -hmm. He is good at taking in information um, where he struggles with sometimes is asking for help. Okay. So if he gets stuck, he won't always ask for help. So with him, it's more like I have to periodically go check on him and say, hey, how are you doing? What's going on? But he tends to be a, a, Really independent learner. That doesn't mean we're not doing stuff with him, but it's not the same level of intensity as if we're doing a, a mixing science experiment with the eight year old.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: And then, you know, our middle kid is kind of doing this more heavy reading curriculum. So his help is sort of throughout the day. So I'll get him started on something, and we'll kind of talk about it. And I'll be like, "Okay, so these are kind of the things you're looking for," and then at the end we'll have a discussion about what he learned. Um, and then in the middle of that time period, then I go over to the youngest, and I'm like, "Hey, are you ready for your scripted Saxon math lesson?" <laughs> <laughs> so we all just kind of take turns. It's okay. it can be a little bit busy but i wouldn't say it's hectic okay. just flexible how, so I, how?
0: I i'm dealing with a, a climber and a, a very precocious <laughs> 5 year old so i'm very much on the on the very heavy touch end of the spectrum what is it like maybe you just this, you're just helping me it's a little therapy session what is it like <laughs> in the morning when the oldest is ready to do school or you know the middle one is ready to do do you just say go to school is it that easy or is it a little bit more work?
1: Oh, gosh. So I'm going to travel back in time to whenever I had my two older kids were homeschooling full time and we had a toddler who was excited about getting into everything.
0: OK. Um,
1: because I feel that's a little more you. fair, like comparing like my high school getting started is not going to be a fair comparison no no,
0: no. by asking how um, to get the high school started you're giving me hope that
1: <laughs>
2: we're going to reach that it gets that's easier the promised land
1: <laughs> so you're going to hate me here i don't tell him to get started
2: oh my gosh. he <sighs>
1: just does it he just wakes up and he gets started and by the time i've had my coffee at 7 30 he's usually already completed at least one assignment
2: so how many how many hours a day uh, are the boys doing for their respective ages?
1: So that's been more of a surprise with this charter school program in that there is a lot of paperwork with it that we have to do. So every single assignment, not I'm sorry, not every single assignment. A lot of assignments, and in some classes, every single assignment has to be like photographed and uploaded for the charter school. So while the kids have this very easygoing experience (laughs) offline, um, that's not always the case for the parents. Without taking that into account, I would say it's a little bit hard because... Let's see. So, because again, because we're kind of beholden to the charter school and not homeschooling, we, like most people in the country, are dealing with the fact that we did not get complete curriculum. Most of the curriculum is backward ordered. So, like my my middle kiddo got half of his curriculum. Hmm. And if we were just homeschooling, we would just start. So the Moving Beyond the Page program does, you're supposed to do one lesson from each subject a day and a math lesson. And they estimate that it takes three to four hours. And with him being a fast reader, but a really messy writer, I'm guessing that would probably be it. Because he would probably read it really quickly and then write it really quickly. And then I'd say, I can't read this. Can you rewrite that? (laughs) And, but with this program, they wanted him to do other things.
2: So, so maybe three to four hours a day, maybe then? Yeah.
1: I would say that each kiddo probably spends three to four hours per day, except my youngest, because he wants to be doing school all day long. Okay. <laughs> like that's... he really wants, and that's, I think, um, That was a transition I wasn't ready for (laughs) because (laughs) again, with my, with my older two, they were like, yeah, I mean, when my older two were in second and fourth grade, they could do a full day's worth of schoolwork neatly and correctly, sometimes in two hours. Wow. And then... And when they entered into public school, even though they were scrutinized, they tested between one and five grades ahead in every single subject. Hmm. So they were able to do a lot in a little bit of time. Now, it's not that my youngest is academically behind. That's not really the issue. But he loves it. He's like, I'm playing school with mommy.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it's fun and I love it, but it is a very different time dynamic. Like I said, all of the scripted lessons, he's like, yes, I'm loving this. <laughs> Got it. Got it.
0: <laughs> it
1: is not the two hours and then we go hiking all afternoon <laughs> experience.
0: <laughs> do, do you guys anticipate continuing with the homeschool charter school? Um, going forward? Or are you guys going to go back into the public school? You know, whenever hypothetically hand wavy COVID is over, you know, what are you guys going to do after that?
1: Um, You know, honestly, the kids prefer homeschooling academically to public school. Um, And they like the flexibility of getting to learn what they want at their own pace. But they really miss the social Fun of going to school, so I think that that will have to be a wait and see. If homeschool communities pop up, or we're able to join older homeschool communities mm-hmm. where we can make some solid friends and have more social interaction, then I would be willing, well willing to support them in in continuing to homeschool. But um, because I I love it, too. I think that it's a better education individually. I'm not, again, saying anything bad about public school. I have some of my best friends in the world are public school teachers, and they're amazing. And Mm -hmm. they put their hearts and their souls into their work and into those kids. And I think what they're doing right now is incredible. But for my kids, they also love... They just really love to learn on their own um, mm-hmm. at home. So if we could find that community um, on the coast here, then, yeah, we would definitely continue to homeschool.
0: Interesting. Um, I got a question about you and, and how awesome you are. You are a mom, three kids, doing homeschool, but you're about to start college again. How, how is all that going to blend in together I'd love to know as a stay-at-home uh. parent myself
1: <laughs> um well I will admit that that's a little bit scary um so I was actually I went back to school to OSU's creative writing program last January and it was a really big transition because I was when I had gone to college a million years ago I majored in biology so my three and a half years of college uh, before we started a family was all biology except for a little bit of more business type English so yeah I was actually Prepared to do that then, and I am going to be doing homeschooling and full time university myself um, starting next week. So, how am I going to do that?
0: Dragon dictation. Know. Dragon dictation. That's what yeah.
1: I'm not sure. <laughs> I think that, you know, my plan.
0: Because I know yeah. how many, I know how many words basically you got plans. As, as a fellow writer ish person. Um, I know how many words you have to get in every week and I know how long that takes. So I'm, uh, I'm very S- yeah. interested. So
1: I had many last term, I had many, a 30,000 word term uh, months, like basically that were 30, most of my, 30, you're doing 30,000
0: words a month.
1: A month, like how many From novel pages my... is, is
2: that? Okay, like so for so the layperson, a
0: traditional a traditional three hundred page paperback is about eighty to eighty five thousand words, typically.
2: Okay, so it's just like just it's like just uh, over 100 a hundred pages,
0: third of a novel. A, a thirty thousand words would be like um what many would call a novelette or a, a novella. Mm. Once you get above mm. forty to in that forty to fifty thousand, you get it to a small novel like. I'm staring at Vonnegut's uh, Slaughterhouse 5. That's probably about 50,000 words. It's about 220 pages.
2: So like every 2 months you're writing a novel.
1: Yeah, well, it's it tends to be kind of a slow start, but um but, yeah, I mean, and then whenever so, as a creative writing in the creative writing program, you don't have to study for tests, which was a big change from biology, <laughs> um, but you do have to write a lot, and so um by instead of studying for finals, I would be writing really long papers um but you know, I love writing, and I write really quickly. So that Mm -hmm. helps. Um, (laughs) and I think I actually do better under pressure than not.
0: Cool.
1: So if somebody's sitting there saying, Hey, you have to do this, then I'm like, Oh, okay, well, I guess I'll do that. I guess I'm the opposite of my oldest in that sense. (laughs) He's a self starter. And I really admire that. And I'm more like, you know, sitting around with my coffee. So <laughs> I feel I feel very relaxed this week, but um, I tend to, in my spare time, either be reading or writing anyway. Okay. So I, I mostly just switch focus. Instead of writing about whatever I feel like writing about, I'm writing about whatever somebody tells me to write about.
2: So speaking of juggling, as has often happened in the past, your husband will be gone for quite long segments of, of time for his job. And so then you've got the, the full-time parent and the homeschool and, and this piece of it now too. a, a lot of parents are, are home right now. They're maybe they're working full-time remotely or, the, you know, they're home with their kids and they've got, you know, their spouses out and they're kind of feel like they're doing things on their own. How do you, how do you get through that? And what advice would you give to other people that are, that are in that situation where they kind of, it's all on them now?
1: It's a little bit different for us in that because he's always traveled, it's it's kind of always been something that we've had to cope with. And I'm not going to lie, it's never been easy, and it's still not easy. You might think that after a long time, you would be ready to push your spouse out the door and say... Woo! I get the bed to myself, but it is 100% not that way. (laughs) Um, I'm just as sad when he leaves now as I was when we were first married. And it's hard. He's not traveling too much right now uh, because of COVID. So that's somewhat helpful. But at the same time, he does still travel. He's gone on... I want to say 8 or 10 trips this year. So shorter trips, not like when he used to be gone for 6 weeks at a time. Um but still time whenever he's gone and I'm juggling things on my own. And I honestly I found writing because he was traveling. You know, I I wanted something that was just for me and I have never been a big TV person. A few years ago, I just started writing. He was, he had been gone for six weeks or something, and I just started writing, and I fell in love with writing. As for how to juggle it, I think of it like any other really difficult thing Um, in the hardest times of my life, when things felt like they were too much, I've always just taken it moment by moment. You know, when Mm -hmm. he would be gone for six weeks and I was completely on my own with three young children, there were times when it was really hard, Mm -hmm. um, where I felt really alone, especially, When our kiddos might have a meltdown in public or something like that, and I would be have three of them, like then you're outnumbered, right? And um, having a child that's very high-functioning on the spectrum, sometimes people think, oh, that kid's just being really naughty. And they don't understand that there's actually something physical happening they're having a sensory issue, or that something that isn't bothering everybody else really is legitimately bothering them, and they need extra support. Uh, but that can be overwhelming. And in all of those times, whether it's back when they were little and adorable and so much work, or now, whenever we have these amazing conversations and they want to stay up way past my bedtime <laughs> um, and all of that, I I just take everything moment by moment. If something's hard, I know that I can get through that moment. And I know that the next moment is going to be amazing. For every hard moment, the next moment is incredible.
2: Wow, that's great advice. Well, Thank you, Abby, so much for joining us today on the show. I think this will be, this was really helpful for, for us. I know we, we wanted to have you on for our, our listeners, but this was, this was great for us to hear too. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you for having me.
2: Thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey. Please engage with us on social media. Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time. Happy homeschooling!